Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story I would like to share with you is from the New Testament and is entitled, Martha is my name. Will I always be the same? There is a better choice. And this story is based on Luke's chapters 10, 11 and 12. He has returned to his Father in heaven, but I cannot forget him, for not only is he the Messiah, the Saviour, but he was also our dear friend as well. When our parents passed away, our brother Lazarus, Mary and I, stayed on in the family home in Bethany, less than an hour's easy walk from Jerusalem, on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. Lazarus has not married. He thought that as our elder brother, he should care for his sisters, at least until we were married. That hasn't happened yet. Lazarus and I, and sometimes Mary, studied the sacred writings of Moses and the prophets. There we learned of the Messiah who was to come. We knew that from the prophecies it would not be long before he appeared. How would we know who he was? Would there be some miraculous announcement from heaven? And then one day we heard of a man who was preaching about the kingdom of heaven and performing wonderful miracles. His first miracle, as far as we know, was at a wedding he and his mother and his stepbrothers attended in Cana, a small town in the region of Galilee. When all the wine was finished, he turned plain water into the best wine they had ever tasted. When he came to our town, I felt the urge to invite him to stay at our house to have a rest from his busy life. He was teaching and healing all through the day and seemed to have little time to be quiet and rest for a while. So as often as he could, he treated our place as a home away from home, for we had heard him say once that even the foxes have a place in the ground, but he did not have anywhere to call his own to retreat to at the end of the day. Soon after this, Jesus visited our village just before the evening meal. I am known for my gift of hospitality, so as quickly as I could, I started preparing the food, setting the table and doing all the things that hostess does for an honoured guest. Suddenly, I realised that Mary was not helping me. When I went to look for her, I found her sitting on the floor before Jesus, listening to what he was saying. I remonstrated with Jesus and asked him to tell Mary to help me. I was a little taken aback when he said that I was very busy rushing here and there, doing things that could have been done later. But Mary had made a better choice. She was listening to his words of life. That was a rather hard lesson for me at the time. Since then, and especially since Jesus is no longer with us, I have endeavoured to put the things of his kingdom first and let the mundane things of life take their proper place. Early in the Messiah's work with the people, Lazarus and I were very worried about our youngest sister, Mary. She was a beautiful girl with a very friendly and accommodating nature. She liked to please people and make them happy. Sadly, this worked to her detriment, 
for she seemed to make friends very easily, especially with men, who sought her out for her beauty and her body. Lazarus and I had remonstrated with her, but she seemed to be trapped in that life. And then one day, one fateful day, she was about to be stoned for what she had done. Jesus the Messiah was nearby, so the scribes and Pharisees dragged her before him. They tried to trap him by saying that Moses said she should be stoned. But what did he say? He seemed to ignore the religious leaders. Stooping down, he started writing in the sand. When the men who had hoped to stone our sister saw that he was writing down some of their own sins, they all slunk away one by one, realising that they too were not without fault. Jesus then told Mary that he forgave her and encouraged her to embark on a new life with God. Since that day, when she was forgiven and cleansed, Mary's devotion to her Saviour has been absolute. One day, she took all her savings to the apothecary and obtained the most expensive, exquisitely scented perfume. Knowing where Jesus was at Simon the Pharisee's house, she went there to show how grateful she was that Jesus had rescued her from a sinful life and to show how much she loved him. As quietly as she could, she took the lid off her jar, poured the perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her beautiful long hair. Immediately everyone in the house knew what was happening. Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' disciples, protested that what Mary had done was a terrible waste of money. In reply, Jesus said that Mary had anointed his body before his burial, and that down through the years what Mary had done would be told wherever the gospel was preached. One day before this, without warning, Lazarus became ill. We tried all the home remedies we could think of and sent an urgent message to Jesus. We knew that he would know what to do, for he had healed many people already in his ministry. All we said was, the one whom you love is sick. We left the rest up to him, thinking he would come immediately to heal his friend. The brother we depended on so much. But that day passed and then the next. Jesus did not come. Meanwhile, Lazarus died. He had been anointed according to the custom, wrapped in grave clothes and laid to rest in his tomb. Finally, Jesus arrived at Bethany. By then, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. Our hope and faith were still in Jesus, for when I met him a little way from our home, I told him that if he had been here, he would not have let our brother die. I also said that whatever he asked the Father, that he would give it to him. Soon after, Mary approached Jesus and said much the same as I had. Then a very beautiful and sad thing happened. Jesus wept. Of course, we knew that Jesus loved our brother. We were hoping that he would still raise him back to life, even at this late stage, which he did to our great joy. Since then, I have often wondered if there was another reason he wept that day, perhaps for the people who did not believe in him. Since all these events during Jesus' ministry and his crucifixion one dreadful day, then his glorious resurrection 
and return to heaven. I have thought a lot about what sort of a person I was before he gave me that lesson in our home. I have tried with the Holy Spirit's help to change the way I look at life. How should I relate to the things that happen day by day compared to the things of the kingdom of heaven? I believe I have changed. If Mary turned away from the life she had led and made Jesus first and lasted and best in everything, surely I can change too. I do not need to always be the same. Now I have a little quiz for you. What was the name of the town where Martha lived? Who were the other members of her family? Who wrote the sacred writings they studied? Who did the most housework in the home? Was Mary ugly? Did her beauty get her into trouble? Did Jesus ever cry? And why did he cry? You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. 